0: Good morning, everybody. It's Jeff Goldberg for the Sales Pro Network. Everybody's timing is perfect today. I hope you're seeing me on Facebook. I know we had problems last week, but I think we're connected everywhere. As you know, I'm a sales coach and trainer. I work with both individuals and organizations to help them get measurable and sustainable sales increases. And I founded the Sales Pro Network as a place where you can elevate. The, we can together elevate the profession of sales, and you can come and network with each other, ask questions, get great coaching, And as many of you know, every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, we either do a training or a live interview with somebody who can add value to the profession of sales. Of course, once again, I've got somebody terrific for you. If you've been following us for a while, you may remember we spoke to this gentleman last December, but he's so terrific that I invited him back today. It's my pleasure to bring back to you my friend, Craig Siegel. Good morning, Craig. My goodness, what
1: an introduction. Thank you for having me. And it's true. Our friendship has grown, and I'm so excited to be here with
0: you today. Let's get nuts. I'm super excited. I'm ready to get nuts, too. By the way, if you're watching us live, please say hello in the comments. And if you are watching us live on Facebook and have not connected your account to StreamYard, please put your name in. Otherwise, it just says Facebook user. And finally, if you're watching us on the replay, please put replay in the comments. And if you have any questions for Craig during this interview, please put them in there. I'll make sure that I ask them. Craig, before I get going, I want to quickly share my screen if I can, because my first question has to do with something that uh, happened to you recently. Let's see. Here we go. I knew it was There we coming. go. Congratulations, Craig. Let's get the important stuff out of the way. You just got engaged. I did. Thank you so much, but I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. It's a beautiful thing. Where, where are you there? Down by the Brooklyn Bridge? That's exactly right. Um,
1: so my girlfriend uh, grew up in Brooklyn and we have some ties there. And so I had this whole big elaborate plan with a bunch of surprises. Both our families were waiting for there. Um, but yeah, it was at the one hotel Brooklyn Bridge.
0: Gorgeous. And it looks incredibly romantic.
1: Yeah, it was nice. Uh, couldn't have got, it could not have been more perfect. And I had so many surprises lined up for the day. I put a lot into it, as I always do. Um, and every single surprise uh, came perfectly to fruition without a hitch, without a hiccup. When does it ever really happen? Uh, so very blessed, very grateful. It was a very special day, a moment I'll definitely never
0: forget. And it looks like you even had your family there or her family
1: both our families and the cool part is is she didn't know that our families had met before because essentially we started dating in the pandemic my dad's older and he's battling cancer and whatever the case to be we couldn't get our families together but i actually brought them together without her knowing two weeks prior to show them both families the ring um so they met uh, it was it was really special and then obviously i had them both there for the surprise after i proposed at the brooklyn bridge they kind of popped out after uh, just such a special moment
0: Fantastic. I'm a big fan of romance, and uh, I love this kind of stuff. I do have to ask you a question, though, because you posted something on LinkedIn, and I actually asked you about it on LinkedIn, and I, I said I was going to bring this up. After you posted that you uh, got engaged, you posted something that said, um, if you don't have somebody to share your life with, what's the point of achievement? What makes you say that? Because my argument was, well, what if you don't have anybody in your life you're not supposed to achieve? Can you please yeah, explain so a little bit, clarify? So I love the question. I love being challenged. I think you're leaving
1: a big part about from the post out, and. Another part of the post said this. It said, I've been successful, and I quote, successful, depending upon what your definition of success is uh, as a single guy, and also engaged, and it doesn't compare. And and I want to be very clear for the audience. Being single is 100%, not only okay, but it's a beautiful time of life. Um, But I I would say this. Based upon my experience, and I'm no relationship expert, but two things that really work for me, uh, number one, is to continuously work on myself each and every single day. So that eventually you can become available for the right person to gravitate towards the best version of you. And, and let me be very clear in the past, like in a past relationship, uh, that did not work out, it, now looking back, like it's no secret as to why it didn't. I wasn't my best, uh, that person wasn't in alignment, and so forth. So definitely work on yourself so you can become available. And also, no matter how many heartbreaks we've had, how many breakups, or if you still haven't found the one, whatever the case may be, uh, not to sound too mushy, but never ever give up on the concept of love. Because when you do find that very special person, that co-pilot, the one that really gets you, respects you, supports you, and so forth, it just adds a, a different... Uh, dimension to life, in my personal opinion, uh, having all the success and, and not anybody to share it with uh, is not as much fun as having somebody to share it with. Uh, and, and I know that because, you know, I've had both both situations, single and also engaged. And, and I want to reiterate, I want to hammer home, being single is a beautiful thing. Um, but uh, never give up on the concept of finding that right person, because when you do, it will all be worth it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the clarification. And a, a, a perfect example is I I, re, I I like to go to concerts, movies, things like that. And I go to a, co- a lot of comedy. And, you know, I have no problem with buying a ticket and going alone. And often I'll buy two tickets for like a, a concert. I went to see Steely Dan recently a couple of weeks ago at Jones Beach. Great concert. Had two tickets. And when I buy two tickets, it's always maybe I'll find somebody by that and I'll want to share it with them. And I didn't have anybody in my life at that moment. Still don't. But I'll keep I'll keep working on it. But it would have been more even though we wouldn't have been talking to each other during a concert. We're going to be enjoying it. There is something more fulfilling or more fun about being able to share the experience with someone. It's nice to share it with. I don't know how many Jones Beach, you know, six thousand or ten thousand other people, but you don't know them. So I get where you're coming from completely.
1: I love that you did that because what you're doing is you're making yourself available. Right. And, and you're kind of like expecting great things to happen. And maybe you haven't met the person yet, but you're not giving up and so forth. And, and also, I, want, I feel the need to hammer this home. Um, guys, no matter what, guys, girls, don't ever settle right it's perfectly okay to be single some of the best times don't give up on the concept of love but also uh don't single because being single is definitely a better situation than being out of alignment in, in with the wrong partner so to speak because i've been there too
0: uh, i think we all have and, and that, that's another great point you know you're a mindset uh, expert and uh look you know we've all been through breakups and bad relationships and stuff like that and each one teaches us another lesson and it's it's it can be very challenging, and I observe it in myself uh, to get past that previous hurt, previous upset, and, and think, oh, here's another one. Because I went, I actually went out on a blind date a week ago. It was a week after the concert. And I actually said to her, oh, I wish I had met you before. It would have been nice. You could have come to the concert with me. But by the end of the date, I was like. I can't wait to get home and sit on the couch with my dog and watch TV because I have a miserable – actually, that's not right. It wasn't a miserable time. There just wasn't a, the click that I'm looking for that you clearly have with your now fiancé. So how do we get past that, the, the beating that we've taken in the past, whether perceived or real, and get past the emotional baggage so that we can be open to a relationship, whether it's an, another human being uh, to be engaged to or be with or in sales, which this is the audience for that. How do we get past that past uh, programming?
1: Yeah, ultimately, I think contrast is a big part of life, right? Uh, With no night, we won't appreciate the day. And sometimes, a lot of times, we have to go through the darkness to want to see the light. How would I have known that Alessia was the perfect fit for me had I not gone through relationships that did not work out so that I learned what was not for me, right? So so you learn. Life is a beautiful journey. um, And whatever happens that doesn't work out, you have to have the mentality or the mindset that, You're being protected and propelled to something greater. And that's why this feels like an obstacle or a piece of adversity and so forth. A lot of times if somebody says no, uh, whatever the case may be, just think about it like I'm being propelled to something greater. And when you have that mentality, you'll never ever get dejected too badly or you'll never crumble with challenges because you know you're being set up for something more in alignment with you.
0: Yeah, for me, and I don't want to spend the whole hour talking about my relationships uh, <laughs> challenges, but, but for me, I, I know that, it, look, we're, we're mostly judgment machines, and when I'm out on a date with a, a new woman, uh, it's it's there's always that piece of my brain that's, I think, comparing it and almost looking for what's wrong, almost looking for, uh, yeah, I don't want to go out with her again. This was a mistake. And, and it's challenging because I say, and I believe, I do want to be in a committed, monogamous relationship with somebody, but- what you said before, I'm not willing to put up with any crap. Uh, yeah. I understand that there's no perfect relationship and, and that there's always going to be arguing occasionally, but I have a very low tolerance for bullshit. Uh, and so I, I think that kind of poisons my thinking in a way uh, and, and it makes it difficult.
1: Yeah, I would say this. I would say be open-minded, be available, um, but ultimately um, stick to your guns, right? Like You know pretty quickly into meeting somebody uh, if there is a spark there if there's something special and it's not to say that you can't grow into that but from my experience personally um you know you know pretty quickly into the the encounter if you will if, if there's something really interesting there that you want to pursue um, and if there's not or if there's a couple red flags so to speak look life is short this earthly experience like forget about souls and spirit like we don't have forever we have to make every second count so Stay on the path of being available for the right person. Continue to work on yourself. Don't give
0: up. Um, but ultimately, don't waste time either. Yep, That's it for me. Uh, let's see. Somebody says, what's up, Jeff Goldberg? Says, Facebook user. Sorry, I don't know who you are. Uh, Adam Holzer says he's checking us out. A great guy. Hustle, <laughs> hustle and Grind is here. Good morning, Ronnie. Steve Kent, always good to see you. Ray Aurora. He says, good morning, Jeff and Craig. Thank you for interviewing me on your podcast last night. Uh, somebody says, well played, Craig, you done good. And somebody is asking, what makes Craig an expert in this area, Jeff Goldberg? He has my attention, I'm curious. So what makes you an expert in this kind of thing, Craig? You wanna tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to this? Hell yeah. So
1: I was on Wall Street for the last 13 years. Um, I, I did the stock thing for a while, had a ton of success. And Wall Street was a lot of fun until it wasn't with all the unpredictability and so forth. And then I pivoted and I started my own business where we supplied working capital to businesses all across the country. Both businesses turned from the ground up to eight-figure beasts and and juggernauts and so forth. And I made a lot of money. um, But ultimately, as you learn throughout life experience, is that uh, success isn't measured by how much money you make. In my personal opinion, this season right now, success is measured by how happy you are and the impact that you make. And of course, unapologetically, we all want to make a lot of money as well because you could do great things with it. So I have a ton of experience in sales. Um, I I led two companies with with hundreds of employees, gave sales meetings, trainings, and so forth. Um, I have to be very efficient closer and so forth. But ultimately, I reinvented myself in the beginning of the pandemic, I had a moment where I just realized that I was very unfulfilled, I was not happy. Uh, a lot of things happened at once where I found myself in a dark place. My pops had gotten diagnosed with cancer. I had just gotten out of a toxic relationship after five years, uh, and I didn't really like what I was doing for a living. Even though I was a, an owner and I had my own company, and very grateful for that. I'll be shut up with you guys. I'm always going to be transparent. I was the type of cat three years ago that I was waking up on Monday, and subconsciously, I was already looking forward to the weekend. And that's not how life is supposed to be. Like now my favorite day of the week is Monday because I can't get enough of this stuff. My soul is lit, right? And and like this isn't work to me, like conversing with Jeff with my love and and hopefully dropping some nuggets is a value for the audience. And so in the beginning of the pandemic, I had a very spiritual moment. I knew I was meant for more in this life as we all are, just to be clear. Um, And I had a strategy. I'm studying personal development for so long. I asked myself, what are my passions and what are my gifts? My passion is personal development. I'm obsessed with it, removing limiting beliefs, growing brands, uh, confidence building, and all that. And my gift is my ability to communicate effectively. I married those two concepts, uh, and then it occurred to me that personal development is more than a passion to me. It's actually my purpose. I started my CLS brand. I didn't want to be the next Tony Robbins. I wanted to be the first Craig Siegel. I finally stepped into complete alignment in my life with what I was born to do and how I can make the biggest impact. And I say very humbly over the last year and a half, the brand has exploded. We have one of the top business podcasts on the planet, sponsored by Mark Cuban, my communities, Uh, The membership, I'm I'm keynote speaking now all across the country uh, and obviously being in alignment, um, making more money than ever made in my life, which is a bonus, met the girl of my dreams. And so life has been very good, but it wasn't always like that. So I have contrast.
0: Uh, And you've done an amazing job building Cultivate Lasting Symphony. I know you've got hundreds and hundreds of people that are following you. Well, you've got thousands that are following you, but hundreds of people that are paying you on, I think, a monthly basis to be a part of your uh, cultivating Lasting uh, Symphony. Uh, can yep. you talk about a little bit about that group? Yeah,
1: so I, we have a community, uh, just like Jeff does. It, it's a monthly subscription, or you could sign up for the year. We meet every Wednesday. I go nuts for an hour, removing limiting beliefs, building confidence, law of attraction. We also bring on big guest speakers that you have access to, like Ed Milad and Chris Voss, the author of Never Split the Difference, which is a great sales book and so forth. Um, and we have a private group and chat where everybody networks There's 400 people in there right now. People are doing business with each other. Uh, people are forming intimate relationships. It's just special. And I've been in other communities before. I wanted to create something that was more family vibe where genuinely everybody wants everybody to win, supports each other. And it's just a vibe and it's really growing. I'm very excited about it.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Chris Williams says, <laughs> do cats count as a relationship? Uh, Chris is actually one of my comedy mentors. He uh, is probably the greatest comedy host, uh, uh, certainly on Long Island. Just a really funny guy. Let's get to some g- good stuff. So, one of the things you mentioned recently, I, you know, I, I, I get, uh, you know, notifications every day. Craig Seals Siegel's going live. I follow you on LinkedIn. I, 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 I love what you do. So, you recently said. It's important to not underestimate small wins. Most people want that huge win. Uh, A lot of people in sales are only going after the whales, which I think is not going after whales, but only going after whales can be a mistake. Why are small wins so important?
1: uh, Small wins uh, or tiny milestones, so to speak, have huge impacts. It's not always about getting a touchdown each and every single day. One thing that we can all control is getting first downs, right? There's always something you can do every day you wake up to move the needle, to just move the chains a little bit. But here's the best part: people overlook this. These begin to compound. Now you have a lot of stuff going on, right? And and then obviously there's an old expression, I didn't make it up, but the harder you work, the luckier you get. Then all of a sudden you land that whale, right? Then all of a sudden Mark Cuban wants to sponsor the podcast, whatever the case may be. But a lot of people ask me, like, how did I blow up CLS so fast? I guess it's been a relatively short period of time. But in the beginning, I, I had the vision. Of course, I wanted to be the Apple of personal development, the, the most sort of the speaker, and so forth. But then I reverse engineered it. That's the vision. That's great. But what's step one? Each and every single day, building awareness, building a community, extending the reach, putting out great content, and you take that day by day. You don't worry about what's happening 20 minutes from now or what happened 20 minutes ago. Just be present, being present and mindful, in my personal opinion, is the portal to expansion. That's how you really expand. So never underestimate or overlook tiny wins because they compound and they lead to massive impacts.
0: Yeah, not surprisingly, I'm in complete agreement. I, I think you know that one of the services I offer is outsource sales management. I'm currently managing three different sales teams and I create what I call a culture of C-A-W, celebrate all wins. I don't care how tiny they are, I'm with you. I want a culture where everybody's high-fiving constantly, applauding each other, ringing the bell, because you know it is the little things. You know, I, I, I'm not a, a sports fan, but I often use the example of football. You know, somebody somebody who makes about twenty or thirty million dollars a year throws a ball five feet. Somebody else who makes ten or fifteen million dollars a week uh, a year catches it, and the crowd goes wild, and the players go wild, Everybody's going crazy. Why? Because it's that yard by yard by yard that gets them to the big the big win and the touchdown. Right. So I'm with you, incredibly, uh, uh, as expected. Um, uh, you mentioned your podcast before, and. Uh, I'm constantly stunned. You interview extremely well-known and extremely successful people. It, it, it's, it's really amazing to me how, how you get these people. First, how in the world do you get them to agree to be interviewed with you? And what's the most important or useful thing you've learned from any famous person?
1: Yeah, so in the beginning, it was a lot of persistence, right? Just like in sales, you reach out. Uh, You move the needle, you present uh, why it would be a good fit to have somebody on the podcast. How can I add value? Um, What I think my audience would love about the conversation. And eventually, look, when I first started this thing, I had 300 Instagram followers. I had no connections. I had success in business, but not necessarily the online space at all. Uh, But there's there's a quote that I absolutely love. And I think this will be tangible for everybody here today. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. Uh, I reached out to people and, and eventually somebody said yes. And and then somebody else said yes. And then it was like, we've had Alicia Silverstone on and Suzanne Summers. Now we have Daryl Strawberry and Ed led and, and all the celebrities and so forth. So now it's become the cool place to be interviewed. And, and the coolest part is, is like, we just had Dean Graziosi on last week. Now they're all reaching out to us. Like when they're promoting a new book or a program, just like an actor, like those all the Tonight Shows, Right. They're now reaching out to us to get on the show so that we can help promote and hype it. And that's cool with me because it's a win-win. Because I don't just have them on to have them on. If you listen to the show, you know we get really deep. We go below the surface uh, and so forth. And I I just think it's so much fun to share with the audience like, look, yes, these are celebrities, but they're also human beings. It wasn't always glitz and glam. At some point, they were on rock bottom. What was their mindset to ricochet off rock bottom and what strategies did they use to achieve success? And I really like to share that story with the audience because it's relatable.
0: Yeah. And do you have what's the most useful thing or most interesting thing that you've ever learned from interviewing a celebrity?
1: Um, You know, there's a common denominator that a lot of them say, because I always like to to find out what makes them all great. Uh, And of course, you get different answers, but this is probably one consistent one. And this is going to be great for everybody here today. The difference between really successful people and and mediocre or or averagely successful people is that the successful people, they bring it even on the days when they're not feeling it. And, And just to be clear. There will be days where we're not a 10 out of 10. We're not on absolute fire. You don't feel like going to the gym. You don't feel like making that extra sales call. You don't feel like setting up that meeting, whatever the case may be. You acknowledge it, but you choose not to become a victim, and you press forward anyway. And are those not the best workouts when you didn't want to go to the gym, but you actually go, whatever the case may be? So the successful people, they push forward even on the days that they don't feel like it. It's consistency. is a superpower. Discipline. Uh, and that's a common denominator that I get from a lot of the really famous, successful people.
0: That's great. Yeah, I love when you post videos of you working out on LinkedIn. Uh, well, first of all, it, it makes me uh, go, "Wow, look at the commitment this guy has." Because you, you're you're pumping when you're working out, or you're running, or anything like that. But the other thing is, for me, it's like, thank God he's doing it so that I don't have to. <laughs> Chris Williamson says a mentor of mine once told me, "If I get two percent better each week, I'll grow hundred percent, four percent in a year." Yeah, it's, it's the baby steps, man. You got to take those small steps. I, I always tell people, you know, take those little baby steps. It's hard to lose 100 pounds. It's easy to lose three. Break everything down to its smallest component parts and make your, your, your journey as easy as you possibly can, given that it's not, it's not easy to be successful. It's not easy to have a great relationship. Everything takes work. So make it as easy as you possibly can. And also, I want to add
1: this, chef, because momentum is the toughest thing to get and the easiest thing to lose. And once you get momentum, the wind's at your back. It's not what can I do, it's what can't I do. That's when you're really in that frequency when you're on fire. The key to get momentum is to build small wins and and to compound and to be consistent. Then all of a sudden, you start to feel good because you're doing good. And then the home runs or the touchdowns will come. But momentum is what you want to achieve. And in order to do that, you have to stack small wins,
0: and instead of beating yourself up for what you haven't done, acknowledge these small wins. Because uh, my experience is that when you get acknowledged, you acknowledge yourself. It feels good. And it makes you want to do more of that.
1: 100%. Yeah. And, yeah. and just to be clear, it's something I'm still working on is, is acknowledging milestones before I, I aim at the next target. I'm definitely getting better at it. And it feels good to take a second and say, yeah, we did that. And then obviously on to the next.
0: Yeah. What, what's the difference between a good miss and a bad miss? Yeah, great one, right?
1: So a a bad miss is when you mess up and you don't learn anything from it. And then you're probably going to make the same mistake and and trip over that wire again. A good miss is when you don't necessarily get what you sought after, but you learn a valuable lesson on how you can improve, right? So for example, let's just say you're starting out as a speaker uh, and your first performance isn't great, but... You then go to, to the guy that runs the event. You ask for some feedback, and he gives you a bunch of things that you could have done differently. And now you have those so that you can apply them to the next. So that's not a bad miss because you learned some valuable lessons. I'll give you an example. I remember the first keynote speaking engagement that I had. I was really excited. I came back after. I put my ego aside. I was like, hey, any feedback? He's like, you were great. The crowd loved your energy. One thing I would suggest is when you're moving on stage, at some point, walk a couple steps, then pause and lock eye contact with someone and really hammer home a point uh, and then go back and, and continue walking. And so to me, I, I took that in. I received that download. And now I apply it to the, to the next one. So although it wasn't the perfect speaking engagement, I wasn't afraid to get out there and try. I learned something from it. Right. So so that's the key. The only way that we have bad misses is if we mess up, make a mistake, and we don't take any lessons. And I don't believe there's any things that are really truly failures or mistakes if we get that lesson from it because that's priceless.
0: Yeah. I don't know who said it, but uh, I, I remember reading, you know, I never lose. I either win or I learn that's every right. single time. And I've seen enough videos of you on stage that I know you do like to wander around. and t- I do, too. I like to talk to people. I, w- I want to make as much eye contact as possible, which is sometimes difficult when you've got a large audience or uh, as Chris Williamson can say, you know, when you're in a comedy club, you can only see the first couple of people because everybody else is dark, but everybody wants that connection and it's a beautiful thing. That's right. Um, I-, I recently saw a post of yours and I, I think I'd like to just share this with you if you remember. What are the three questions that can change your life? Um, I-, I think one was uh, who <laughs> you
1: surrounding yourself with because you are who you kick it with. Right, so you're this is an expression like you're always the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. It's so true, guys. If you want to get really like much better in a specific area of your life, hang out with people that are a little further ahead than you. And, and notice I didn't say better than you, but further ahead. For example, I'm training for a marathon right now, for the Chicago Marathon, and I recently started training. Um, with my soon-to-be brother-in-law and his friends at Central Park on Sundays because he's like a professional runner. These guys run, like, marathons two hours and 40 minutes. And I used to always just run by myself, but I can only get so far. I started running with them. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, this kid won't quit. He won't give up. I'm doing my best to keep up with them, but I'm running so much faster because they're faster, and I'm keeping up with them, and I'm growing. So that's how you improve. That's just an example. Um, what was the second question? Oh, um where are you allocating your energy towards? uh if can you change it okay great then change it if you can't don't even stress it don't waste your time take that energy and apply it somewhere where you can make an adjustment so to speak Uh, and the third one was there was no number three
0: (laughs) (laughs) it it was a trick one that's great i love what you said about that that you're running i I find the same thing for myself i'm not a runner but i like riding my bicycle uh i live near a boardwalk and it's about 2.2 miles uh each way so it's a nice ride and uh i'm not taking a leisurely ride like Most of the people on beach cruisers are I'm I'm on my uh, road bike and I'm pumping. And I know that I'm going fast, but when somebody else is ahead of me, I'm like, okay, I'm getting past this guy and I don't care what he does. He's never getting past me. And every now and then I'll get somebody who comes flying by me. And I'm like, Holy crap. But even when, you know, my muscles are now aching and I'm exhausted. It's like, this ain't happening before the end of the boardwalk, I'm getting past it. It's that, that competitive nature that I think we all have inside us that Sometimes we kind of hide. It's like, ah, what's the difference? You can you can, it doesn't matter if I get there first or not, but it's that it does spur you on when you've got somebody else to work against. It's contagious,
1: right? So like, you know, the expression, you never want to be the smartest cat in the room, because like, how, how can you expand if you're already the smartest cat in the room? But by being around people that are further ahead, that are, that are expanding their capacity, it's contagious. It will rub off on you. And and here's the kicker. Be very intentional with this because if you start surrounding yourself with people that are low vibe, low frequency, maybe don't have the, the same core values as you, that will rub off on you too. So be very intentional with this.
0: Valerie Heffron says, "Competition breeds success." Love, and, Valerie. Yeah, who doesn't? And, <laughs> and uh, so, what do you? What advice do you have for the, those of us who are always the smartest person in the room? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here's another one for you. What do you mean when you say? How you do anything is how you do everything. And why is that important for us to know? So good. So good.
1: Essentially, carry yourself to a certain standard, right? Standards over feelings. I was interviewing Jim Rome uh, recently. He said the standards over feelings. That means the way you brush your teeth, the way you make your bed, the way that you work out in the gym, the way that you handle sales calls, the way that you're present during dinner with your spouse or your friend, whatever the case may be, like give everything you got everything you got to every situation and you'll always overachieve and you'll do a great job but if you start slacking with certain things like for example let's just say oh, I'm not really in the mood to, to make the bed today I'll do it later next thing you know you go into your bed later that night because it wasn't even made right or, or you brush your teeth you slack off or you you play you do a sales call as opposed to playing to win you play just not to lose all of a sudden this carries out to other areas of your life right like for example someone if you have a meeting with somebody and they show up two minutes late, I mean, what else are they going to be late to? That's that's my thought process, right? So every single thing that you do, you should take pride in the fact that be a leader, right? Have the mentality that the camera is always on, people are always watching. How are you going to show up to each and every single activity that you do? And if you hold yourself to a very high standard, that will rub off on every activity in all facets of life, and it will only be a positive for you.
0: You said something perfect just now, because it's something I'm struggling with at, at present. And uh, maybe you have some advice for me. So I, I consider myself a time Nazi. It's like be on F in time. I, I go with what I call the airport theory. If you show up to the airport and you're a minute late, you can have the best excuse in the world. The plane took off. So I'm very big on being on time. I hate when I'm late. It happens to all of us sometimes. But some people are, are traditionally late. And I happen to be working with several organizations that are run by Orthodox Jewish people. And they seem to have a different relationship to time. Like I had a guy who I was supposed to interview for a job, showed up 15 minutes late for the interview. Are you kidding me? That's insane. Uh, So I'm wondering, do I need to relax a little bit and take into account that not everybody has the same thing, or do I need to help see them the error, in my opinion, of their ways? I think it's important to be on time. I'm with you, brother.
1: I, I would stick to that because, um, That says a little bit about who you are and your character, right? Like if you're building a big organization or an empire or company, I want people that are going to be on time. And to be honest with you, like being on time is still two minutes late, right? You should always be five minutes early, they say. So it is what it is. Like it's just it's respect. And also it's how you carry yourself. And if you look at the world's greats, I imagine um, they held themselves to a high standard just the way you do, Jeff. And they would be there on time and they would expect their employees, their interviews, whatever the case may be, to be there on time. Uh, and you're right. Like if you showed up late to somewhere, uh, you're late, right? There's there's nothing else to say about it. And look, I've been there myself. Uh, I wasn't always the, the most um, – what's the word? Uh, when you're spending- – punctual that's right and, and like isn't it true like when you're running a little late like you start to get anxiety right like stresses you out nobody likes that you yeah. get there early for anyone that's on here today that's watching i would suggest challenge yourself to start being five minutes early to everything and watch how much better life flows and how, how good it is so if to answer your question it was a long-winded answer stick to your guns if, if you have a meeting at a certain time that's what time the meeting should start
0: Yeah, I'm struggling with this one because it is a cultural thing, and I I don't want to make people wrong, but it it is a cultural thing. I've spoken to several of the business owners who are Orthodox Jewish people, and uh, that's just how it is, Jeff. So I'm I'm working on that one. Let's switch to something else. What's the COI? What is the cost of inaction? Everything,
1: right? Like everybody talks about ROI, return on investment. That's great. But what I think is much more valuable these days is the COI, the cost of inaction. For anybody that's on here right now that knows they're meant for more, that knows they're supposed to be doing something else or they feel called to do something, put themselves out there in some capacity. Let me ask you this. Could it be scary? Yes. Trying something new, change, can always be a little scarier. But isn't it much scarier to wake up in 5, 10 years from now doing the same thing that makes you miserable, wondering what if with regret? So what is the cost of you not taking action? right? And I have someone in my community that He's been working at Equinox for the last 12, 13 years, and he always wanted to be go out on his own and coach people and be a speaker and so forth. And we were recently talking about the COI, and he finally pulled the trigger. And within two weeks, he landed his first speaking gig, and he's off to the races. And I don't believe in coincidences. I think it's because he finally made himself available, a vibrational match, if you will, for all the abundance for good things to happen. And it's hard to be available when you're still holding on to something that's kind of bleeding you as opposed to feeding you. So if anyone that wants to do something a little bit more with their life, I, I challenge you to consider the cost of inaction of you not taking that first step.
0: Yeah. What are you missing out on? And I love what you said about that anxiety. Um, uh, I guess maybe I talk about it too much, but, you know, uh, stand up comedy, it can be terrifying, especially that that first time you walk onto a stage because my friend, you are bare naked. You are bare naked. And um, as opposed to a speech like you and I will give to a, an audience, you find out you get feedback almost immediately because it's joke after joke and people are either laughing or not. And it's kind of terrifying sometimes. So uh, but the, the thrill of of a I worked past that anxiety and did it anyways. I jumped out of the airplane anyways, even though I knew I could die. And the reward can be so great. I mean, uh, Chris Williamson, again, who's a master at this, he'll tell you when they laugh, it's like heaven. You know, giving somebody the gift of laughter, uh, is it, it's truly heavenly. Uh, and, or- and
1: Jeff, imagine that you never took that first leap, right, because you were scared that you might look silly or fail, right? And I think most people, sadly, they don't start because they're scared to fail. But you felt the anxiety, you acknowledged it, but you said, screw it. This is what I feel called to, I'm going to do it anyway. Did you have some good misses? Maybe. But you learned. And now... You're doing your thing, people are laughing, they're enjoying it, you feel alive, you're making an impact, it's fun. That's what life is all about. So so feel that a little bit of anxiety and lean into it because on the backside of pain is really where all the major growth happens in life straight up.
0: Yeah, unsurprisingly, my coach gave me a similar advice. Uh, we were talking about why something has, isn't happening and I said, um, "I don't know, fear of success." And she actually laughed at me. She goes, Who's afraid of success? Nobody's afraid of success. You're afraid of failing. Just go do it. What's the worst that could happen? I love that. Chris is saying, I'm going to call it good misses instead of bombing. By the way, Chris doesn't bomb. I've seen him many, many times. He's a master. Uh, We're about halfway through. We're talking to uh, Craig Siegel. He's a mindset or performance coach, and I'm honored to consider him a friend. Uh, You recently spoke at St. John's University in Queens, uh, which is a, uh, where I used to live. And you spoke on adjusting your mindset and creating opportunities that elevate your life experience. Just reading that, I was like, I got to hear more about that. Can you talk a little bit about adjusting your mindset to create opportunities for yourself?
1: Yeah. So you have to start looking at, at scary things that we just attested to as opportunities, right? And, and revamp your mindset in regards to how you go into these things. Um, in order to to really live a life of impact and desire and to make the most of every single second here in this blessing that is life, you have to step into the unknown. You have to step into uncertainty. You have to take that plunge and and leap into that stuff. And so instead of being scared, so to speak, I I would urge everybody to change their thought process. So whereas usually have beliefs like I'm not worthy or who am I or what's my testimonial or I can't handle this, those beliefs you were not born with. You cultivated them over time. So to reverse engineer that, how did we get those beliefs? Either from society, our parents, whatever the case may be, have formed these thoughts in our subconscious. And now that we know that, we have the ability to go in to remove these disempowering negative thoughts and be very strategic and replace them with positive ones. I am worthy. I can do this. I will figure it out. And now all of a sudden you're changing your physiology, right? And now you're creating new beliefs, And those new beliefs create new behaviors and habits, which ultimately create new results in your life. And I can't stress it enough. If you want to create great opportunities for yourself in this world, it starts with, with the mindset. It starts with staying mentally fit and being very intentional with the thoughts that you allow to take up real estate inside your mind. So this is great news for anybody here today because anytime you wake up and you're feeling a little off or a little funky or not your best self, it's just feedback from the universe, from God, whatever it is that you believe in, saying that your thoughts are currently out of whack. Now that you know that, thank you very much. Disempowering thoughts, get out. Empowering ones, you stay. Productive, constructive thoughts, new beliefs. Now let's do this. Bring it on. I will get on that stage and and make jokes, right? Or I will start that new business. Or I will reach out to Daryl Strawberry to be on the podcast. Whatever the case may be, it all begins with your thoughts. And now that you know that, it's a game changer for everything that you do from here on out with the rest of your life.
0: Do you have some type of a uh, mindfulness practice that you do in the morning? I know for me, I wake up and as I'm he's sleeping behind me, so I don't can't say it. I got to spell it W-A-L-K-I-N-G, the D-O-G. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have jumped up just now. I, I actually speak out loud to myself and I'm, I have a whole mantra of things that takes about 10 minutes for me to go through. Do you have something like that to start your day?
1: Yeah, and let me just be very clear. I'm the strangest cat you'll ever meet. I have a lot of weird stuff. Number one, I have like affirmations all over my place in Manhattan, literally everywhere. Uh, there's like words on the door, on the mirror It says stuff. I'm constantly feeding myself with positivity in case I ever forget, right? Because physically fit is great, but, but I'm a big believer in saying mentally fit is everything. So every day um, when I'm doing my to-do list for the day and I get up and I pray and, and I meditate a little bit, I'm feeding myself with, with a podcast or a, or an audio book, something to just continue to feed my to my mindset and so forth. And also now I understand completely that being mindful of your thoughts is straight up. And I said it before, I'll say it again. It's the portal to expansion. It means that you're not worried about anything that's happened before that's going to happen in the future. You're very present in the moment. Like right now, all I want to do. Is provide the most value I possibly can with you here today. I'm not worried about anything else. And when you're present and you're mindful, that's when you can perform at the highest level. So it, it, you have to be mindful, whether that's meditation, uh, working out, whatever it is for you that anybody does, journaling, whatever the case it be, whatever works for you. But practice being mindful of your thoughts. And if they're not serving you, you have a choice which ones you want to allow to stay, and you can replace them. With the correct thoughts,
0: Valerie's asking, "Would you share your favorite affirmations?" Why not you? Anytime
1: that I want to do something big and scary, I'm a big thinker, um, and I had that moment of imposter syndrome. I stiff arm it and I say, "Wait a minute, why not you?"
0: Mm, love that. And how about when, when you know, look, we're all human, and sometimes the, the, the thoughts uh, come in that are not empowering. When, when we have something like that, I find that most people beat themselves up, and I don't think that's the way to go. How do we take a, a Primarily negative thought and turn that into something more positive without beating ourselves up.
1: Perspective, right? So, whatever happens, like for example, um, last year I was training for a marathon. I was at a speaking engagement. I think you guys, anyone that knows my story, has heard this before. Uh, and I got injured and it was uh, misdiagnosed as a sprained ligament. There ended up being a tumor in my foot, which caught me off guard. I allowed myself two hours of a pity party. Uh, the old Craig probably would have taken two months. Um, but ultimately, I have this mentality now that life happens for me, not to me. And anything that, like that that happens, literally, I'm being protected and propelled to something greater. And for that, it allowed me to kind of stop for a minute because I was going so fast and, and start really studying this energy stuff, the quantum, that we are all a big energy field. Like, look at it like an ocean. There's not individual waves. We are all one. We're part of the infinite, It's a big energy field. And that really, that quantum stuff... I've been there ever since. I never left. And so I needed to kind of pause so I could really start studying this stuff. And now I'm having quantum leaps. I'm manifesting. I'm available. I'm a match for the great stuff to happen. So anything that ever happens to you, it's a perspective. You could let it crumble you and say, why me, right? Or you could say, try me and realize that this is setting me up for something greater. Even if you don't know what it is at the time, just believe that.
0: Love that. What about... um this is something certainly I've experienced way more than once. And almost everybody I've spoken to who's highly successful uh, has gone through this. What about imposter syndrome? You know, how, why would, you know, I I can't tell you how many times I've like gotten off a stage and, you know, thunderous applause and people are shaking my hand and thank you so much. And I walk away and go, don't they know what an idiot I am? Uh, I know that doesn't serve me, but do you ever have that? And how do we handle that imposter syndrome that so many people seem to have?
1: Yeah, so this is a really important topic. So right now we're in a recession, right? And I don't think anyone's really surprised. That the surprise probably that it took so long to get here with all the inflation and the printing of money. This is a really, really good time to try something new, to step out of your comfort zone, to feel imposter syndrome, but do it anyway. So when I first started CLS, I didn't have, know any of these celebrities. I didn't have any following, whatever like that. And yes, I'm human. I had a moment of imposter syndrome where that voice said, Craig, who's going to listen to you? What testimonials do you have? Um, you know, you're, you have no experience with this stuff. There's already Tony Robbins out there and so forth. A- and I heard it and I dis- I said, okay, thank you so much for coming. Beat it. I'm not available for that. Here's what I do know is that I did start two businesses, right? I did go from not being able to run to run four marathons in one year. I have been able to figure things out. I'm very hardworking and persistent and I'm resourceful, right? So with this CLS, talk, the personal development, I actually love it. So although I might have some good misses in the beginning, I'll dust myself off and I'll learn and I'll continue to move forward. So imposter syndrome will plague everybody at some point, no matter who you are. The key is is to acknowledge it and then realize it's not a red light. It's actually a green light. I hear you. I realize I'm a beginner. uh, It is what it is. I'm going to push forward anyway because that's how I'll learn and grow. So guys, imposter syndrome might not ever leave but it's how you handle it. It's not there to cripple you. It's there to acknowledge it and still go anyway. And once you make that decision, that 20 seconds of courage, that's all you really need. That's when the seas begin to part and and the real opportunities begin to present themselves on the other side of that.
0: Great stuff. I'd like to make just one clarification on something you just said, uh, because I think it's a little bit dangerous. Uh, We're not in a recession, we are experiencing high inflation, but we are not in a recession. The layman's term for recession is two consecutive quarters of a shrinking economy. None of the economic indicators show that. But the media is saying we're in a recession. I think that's a dangerous thing for people to think. So I would urge you to take another look at that one.
1: Well, I, I thought that I saw that based upon the data that it was confirmed this week. If not, I'll say this. It doesn't matter what it is. The, the, the point is, is Times like this present really good opportunities because if you look back in history, the recessions have created the most millionaires. So the point that I'm trying to land here is, and I guess we have to go double check the data, no problem. If it is challenging times, there's also a different perspective. It's a great opportunity to step into the unknown and maybe try some new things and really see where a lot of people are feeling some hurt and pain. Where can I look for some great opportunities? For example, in the beginning of the pandemic, I looked around. I saw a lot of day drinking and Netflix. I said, that wasn't going to be me. I have a moment because my office is closed. And then I started CLS and, and my life was never the same. So no matter what you want to call it, it's a challenging time, but it's an
0: opportunity. Now I'm stuck on day drinking and Netflix. That sounds like my weekend. Okay, we'll, f- we'll figure something out better to do. <laughs> Something else that uh, you you posted recently, uh, you asked if motivation is real, isn't it?
1: Motivation is temporary. It's why everybody signs up for the gym on New Year's, and then three weeks later, it's empty. Because people can get temporarily motivated. Anybody could watch a Rocky movie and feel good. But when you're inspired, you're in spirit, your soul is lit, that's a difference. Because adversity and challenges will hit us all, period. That's not negotiable. And if you're just motivated or interested, when big adversity comes, you might get dejected. You might crumble. You might say, screw this. It's not worth it. But when you're really inspired from your soul and you're in alignment, you you look forward to those adversities because you know it's just a part of the process and you're just being tested. And you will get through it if you keep pushing forward. And again, That's where all the real growth happens. So motivation is obviously good. It's not a bad thing by any means, but it tends to be temporary. So I would look for something that's a little bit more lasting.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Look, I'm a huge fan of Tony Robbins. I've been to a bunch of his seminars and you walk out of a Tony Robbins seminar and you're pumped up out of your mind. But the next day you're really pumped up and the next day you're kind of pumped up and the next day you're a little pumped up. And then it's like, wasn't I really pumped up a week ago? What happened? In fact, I think it was Zig Ziglar that said motivation is like bathing; you need a dose every single day. So, so Jeff, uh,
1: just to touch upon it? Someone recently told me actually that it's like maybe some data or or proving that after those events, right, like after it wears off, the dopamine hit, you actually go lower than where you were when you got there. Uh,
0: so that's something to just pay attention to. Yeah. Um, I When you say that, are you also talking about purpose? Because you also said that purpose is an incredible alarm clock. Is that what we're talking about here? And why do you say that purpose is an incredible alarm clock?
1: Yeah, I love that you brought that up. You know, there's going to be days when you don't feel like it, right? And like I said earlier, when you asked me, like, what's one of the best takeaways from all the most successful people that I've interviewed on the podcast, the CLS experience? And one of them is that the really successful people, they go at it even when they don't necessarily feel like it. Uh, and, and one of the reasons why I believe that they do that and why I do it is because we have a very strong why. We have a purpose, right? And, and that's different than just being motivated when you're really purposeful with what you're doing, right? Like when I ran that New York City marathon right after I had the surgery and the tumor, I wasn't able to physically train. But I was very purposeful in wanting to inspire my dad who was battling cancer and also raise money for American Cancer Society. And that was my drive. That was my Why? ended up running it fast and ever ran in my life. So when you have a strong purpose or a why, there's really nothing that could stop you, even temporary setbacks. So it's Mm -hmm. very important in life, really, not just business, in anything, to find your why, to find your purpose and and really strive to achieve that.
0: Any advice on how somebody can do that? Because I think so many people uh, myself at times included, you know, we're just kind of going through life. Okay, it's another. It's Monday, time to get up and go to work. It's Saturday, it's time to play or whatever it is, without really knowing what's my my. Now, I happen to know my why, but w- how do we find our why if we don't know what
1: it is? Yeah, so here's the best part. A lot of people that I know, like in the community and so forth, a lot of people are waiting to begin until they find clarity. Spoiler alert: clarity follows action, right? So you have to try a couple things, get your hands dirty, get in there. And then you'll find what you really gravitate towards. And when you become available and you're in a good frequency, you will get Creative Divine Downloads and you will figure it out. It will come to you. Look, it took me 35 years. But once I made myself available in the beginning of the pandemic, when I saw opportunity to really get on a higher frequency and high vibe and try to find out what would make me happy, why am I here, all of a sudden I started to get these downloads. And the rest is history. Now I want to show... That everybody can reinvent themselves at any time as long as they decide that they're meant for more and they're committed to working at it. So don't worry so much about finding clarity. Get your hands dirty. Try some new things. Put yourself in that frequency and clarity will come. It just will. But you can't sit there and wait. It doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to use another phrase that we probably both heard many times that uh, perfection is the enemy of progress. I I did a coaching session with somebody I'm managing yesterday and she shared with me how frustrated she was because the day before she had spent 11 hours working on one quick video to send to a prospect. I was like, what took 11 hours? She goes, I kept messing up and it wasn't perfect. like, perfect. You don't the prospect doesn't care if it's perfect, and I don't care if it's perfect. Better to get started and do something than just to sit there and wait 11 hours. And she was serious. She said her husband had to come into the room and say, You got to stop working. It's late at night. I just got to get this video right. So, uh, you know, look, I think we all would love perfection, except it kind of doesn't really exist. How, how can we get as close to perfect as possible? I think is a better answer. But isn't it really, you actually said it, get started. It, I find that's typically the toughest part. It's much easier to keep going than it is to get going. I, I agree with you what you said before. It's also easy to lose it. But that key is just get going, do something.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll land I'll the plane with this for that. Done will always be better than perfect. Right. And there's a good friend of mine who's a really successful entrepreneur in this space. Uh, she self-published her first book. And as it turns out, there were three errors in there. She doesn't care. Her second book got picked up by a major publisher. She's one of the biggest entrepreneurs on the planet right now, and she's crushing it. But had she waited for that first book to be perfect, she would never would have even wrote it, right? So like on your deathbed, God willing, 100 years from now, like what are you going to be more concerned about? That you had three errors in your first book or that you never wrote the book in the first place? So done will always be better than perfect. And nobody's perfect.
0: Not sure I'm going to make it to 167, but I keep threatening my kids that I'm going to make it to 120. So I've got another about 45 or 50 years left. I would bet against you. (laughs) Um, So, so many people, including salespeople, we tend to procrastinate. Any any tips for getting past removing procrastination?
1: Yeah. Um, I think people often procrastinate because they're not really in alignment with what they're doing or they're not really excited about it. So, for example, if you don't really have like a big goal, well, let's just say you're working out and you are not really like you don't have a vision or a goal. You're not really trying to do anything specific on a day you don't feel like working out. It's a good chance you'll procrastinate, not go. Right. But if you're signed up for a marathon or you want to lose 10 pounds or you want to become the best version of yourself because you're looking for the right partner, then obviously you're probably not going to procrastinate because you have a why you're purposeful. So I think it's really key to to never settle it and really find What does make your soul lit and and what are you aligned to and what are you on fire for? And it's not to say that we won't all have moments of procrastination, um, but ultimately, we don't get that second back, that minute back, that hour back, right? We're only here for a certain amount of time, and that's not to scare people. It's just to make it really real. Like We don't know what tomorrow brings. We have to make every single second count, So if you're procrastinating because you're not really excited about something, I think that's feedback to really find out, okay, maybe I'm not excited about this. What would make me excited? And then maybe pursue that. And there's a really good chance of probably procrastinating a lot less chasing that dream.
0: Mm. So it really comes back to knowing your why. And and also, I think knowing what your motivation is, what your true motivation is. I I have pictures of my three kids behind this monitor because I'm staring at this monitor all the time. And they're my why. They are my why in life. I... Do I want to live a great lifestyle and enjoy my life? Yes, I do. And I already do. But my why is how can I supply my three gorgeous, wonderful children with the best opportunities and the best possible life they can have? And anytime I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna take the rest of the day off. And look, sometimes you need that time off, but I'll look at their pictures and go, you know what? I do need to make another call. I do need to write something else. And that gets me past it. it's like, I can't slack off for, I can slack off for me, but I can't slack off for them. I will not even I can't, I won't. You
1: nailed it, and for everybody listening today, that's Jeff's why. I have my own. Find yours, whatever it is, make it unique and special to you, and that will help on the days when you don't really feel like it.
0: Yeah, I actually had—I uh, don't want to get too woo-woo on everybody. I actually had a psychic healer share my purpose in life with me. I—I uh, I don't think I shared this with you, but uh, I was talking to her, and uh, actually about uh, self-sabotage. Uh, my my coach had said talk to her about self-sabotage and you know, she kind of gets inside your head. She goes, I don't feel any self-sabotage there, Jeff, but I do feel something. Would you like to know what it is? I said, sure. She goes, you're not living your life's purpose. I'm like, I'm not living my life's purpose. What are you talking about? She goes, you're not. Would you like to know what it is? And I'm like, yes, please. That would be very good. And she said, your life's purpose is to have a great time and to help other people have a great time by making them laugh. Now, I had never ever said anything to her. I've only spoken to her for a few times, but I didn't say anything about it. I use humor when I'm speaking or training, that, that I'm a funny guy or anything like that. But it was one of those actually I started bawling, not just crying. I was like, it was I was almost hysterical because it was one of those moments where she spoke right to the truth inside. I knew she that she had it. And that's actually what got me to do stand-up. That's all she awesome. said, and it was like, of course, my my job in life is to. Have a great time and help other people by making them laugh. Chris Williamson's much better at, the, at it than me, but I'm trying. If you were um, waiting for a sign, that was certainly it. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like it was flashing lights right in front. of it, you, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes somebody says something to you and it, it's just, you just know that somebody just spoke the absolute 100% truth. We can BS ourselves pretty well. I'm very good at that. But when somebody else speaks the truth, you know it. You fe- I felt it right in the center of my chest. That's where I, I kind of feel everything. Uh, We've only got a few minutes left. Let's get to some sales stuff. Maybe Uh, any, any tips on building rapport with a prospect that seems to be, that's an important thing up front. How do we do that?
1: Building rapport is absolutely the key to being great in sales. I don't mean good. I mean, absolutely great. How do you do that? Show someone that you actually care about them, not just getting the deal done. You know, those people that are always calling you because they want to close the deal and that's all they talk about. And like, they're calling you like, Oh God, this again, you know what I'm saying? But when somebody calls you and just say, "Hey, I saw you got engaged. Congratulations. How'd it go?" Right? And, and then, "Oh, thank you so much. It went great." Blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, later in the conversation, they go, "Oh, so we were talking about the deal. Did you want to move forward with that?" All of a sudden, it's like we built a little rapport. There was a connection there. There was some commonalities. I could tell they cared about something else besides closing the deal. So I would always do that when you're when you're reaching out to anyone, especially if it's a cold prospect or you're working on a really big multi million dollar deal, whatever the case should be show them that you care right and like for me like with these celebrities in the beginning right like i didn't treat them like a celebrity they're a human being right like i I treated them like a person and i explained to them why i think that their message would really resonate with the audience And, and not like looking up to them like this because we're all human beings so we build that rapport they actually respect that a lot more right than someone that's just coming up to them and say hey copy your autograph whatever the case would be that's just one example ultimately that was still a sales deal but right? i was trying to get them on the show so build rapport show people that you care find some commonalities talk about something else aside from just the deal and the changes are someone's going to do this with you because they like you not necessarily because you have the best price the best product
0: yeah I, and i suspect and it's a very strong suspicion that that's why cls is so successful because when i hear you speaking to your audience I can tell it's not just so that Craig can get rich. I can, you're caring about each and every one of them truly shows through and It's actually awesome to watch. Um, let's do one more before we finish. How about, um, I've got 75 questions for you, as I always do. <laughs> uh, how about this one? When things are at rock bottom, how can somebody ricochet? How can somebody come back from rock bottom?
1: If you're really going through it, uh, the good news is, is, there's probably only one place to go from there, right? And that's up. And you don't have to hit that home run or that touchdown right away. Gather some momentum. How do we do that? Tiny wins have massive impact. Start to stack a couple. Practice some good habits, right? It, it will manifest and translate into something big. So uh, a lot of people have been through rock but I was at rock bottom a few years back. Uh, and ultimately, I just took a second to, to, to acknowledge my thoughts. Is Are things really so bad? What choices are available to me right now? Right. And then I realized like I was stuck at this Wall Street job, even though it was my own business. Then I realized I wasn't really stuck. I was just scared to make the tough choice, which is that I know I'm meant for more. Right. Similar to you with, with the comedy stuff. I imagine when you finally did it, you probably said, What have I been waiting for? Right. So, so guys, like rock bottom is a perspective. And I'm not saying it's not real because I know we go through a lot of a lot of deep stuff. You lose a job or we lose a love or whatever the case may be. But okay, now we have a foundation how can we ricochet off? What's one positive step that we can do today and then tomorrow and then next Tuesday? Then all of a sudden you begin to stack, it compounds. It's like, wait a minute, we bounced off rock bottom. We're on our way. So I think perspective is key.
0: Yeah. One of the things I love about being in your sphere of influence is how you don't talk about pie in the sky stuff and that you don't teach fancy concepts. Everything is Very easily doable, and it's all basic stuff that we should already know. I love that. I'm sharing my screen right now. In case people want to get in touch with you, maybe they want to be a part of CLS or anything else, how can they reach you?
1: Uh, Best way is to either join the texting community, which I see Val is in. Uh, Just text that number. It's totally free. Come stop by on Instagram, at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. We're also on TikTok, Facebook, Craig Siegel, and our website, CultivateLastingSymphony.com. Uh, We join our membership, our community, all that stuff, figure out ways to work with us. And also, we have a free toolkit on there, um, which teaches you how to cultivate confidence on command. Uh, It's a toolkit. I could drop the link in the chat or whatever the case may be on the website. Come say hello. That's
0: great. Uh, Let's see. Before we go, Chris Williamson, Valerie Heffron is saying, great show. Love you guys. And Chris Williamson says, great talk today, gentlemen. I needed to hear that this morning. Thank you. And I'm going to uh, echo that. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I love being associated with you, my friend. And uh, I'm glad that uh, we, we hooked up in the first place. I'm pretty sure that I just saw a post that you had made on, on uh, either Facebook or LinkedIn. It was you, I think, in a cast from your foot operation kind of struggling to the car. And I, I just reached out and said, I got to talk to this guy. So thank you for being in my life. Thank you for sharing with us so generously today. And I'll end as I always do these guys remember that sales is a game of making things happen. So get out there and make sales happen. Thank you for watching everybody and listening. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for being a part of my life.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Likewise, brother.
0: See ya.